everybody. Happy New Year. Welcome to the Real Collective Podcast. I am Brendan McKeegan, and with me as always is Sean Tasse, your friend in real estate. That's true. He is. He's my friend too. Uh, hope you had a good holiday season, everybody. Uh, today, we want to kind of get you guys ready for what to expect this year. 2022 is going to be a big year for real estate. Uh, might be like last year. That's kind of what it's looking like. So we're going to talk about that. Um, we also have a listing video we want to show you guys uh, more about what we do. And at the end of the show, uh, we're going to talk about maybe some New Year's resolutions, some lack thereof, uh, what people look at. I've never had one, so I can't tell you. <laughs> it's just never stuck. But uh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Uh, and uh, right now, we're going to start into the top five we're going to start the new year with a top five and a lot of people say that they want to wait uh because like i'm just going to wait till home prices come down and some people have been saying that for about four years now uh and now it's maybe not attainable uh or it's extra out of reach so sean what are we doing yeah we'll talk about the the top five reasons to uh buy a house now as, as opposed to, to to waiting um because yeah, if house prices have doubled in the last three or four years, um, it's tough, like you said. Uh, so the the one of the first reasons, uh, you know, is is the interest rates. Uh, there's a lot of talk, a lot of chatter going on right now about the interest rates going up uh, this year. The Bank of Canada set to expected uh, to raise the 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 rates by a quarter. Uh, so, uh, you know, 25 basis points is what they call it. And essentially the effect that that might have on you, if you're thinking about buying a home, is uh, if you're buying an average price of a home in Ottawa, let's say, for example, uh, a house that is the average price of a home now is close to about 700000 If you're buying a $700,000 home, that might mean for you that your payments go up by about $100 every month uh, if the Bank of Canada decides to raise its rates by 25%. Uh, so, you know, it, it, it has a, it has an effect on affordability, whether or not that's going to have an effect on prices, um, who knows, but really what we're talking about is the reasons why you might want to buy now, as opposed to waiting. And uh, for sure, if the interest rates go up even a quarter percent, if that means $100 a month, if they go up by another quarter percent, that's, I mean, do the math, <laughs> that's $200 a month. Etc. Uh, I, I, there, there is not the expectation that they're going to go up by, you know, uh, 100 or 200 basis points. Uh, it won't go up. And it, if it does, it won't be quick. It will be a slow uh, growth because you can't, they can't sort of raise them that quickly. Um, but, you know, that's, that's a significant effect on uh, your monthly expenses. So. Yep. And when you're already factoring in the next one, I something to very much think about especially here in ottawa because just home prices alone they are going up and it's not slowing down uh that's not happening so like you said the average home price is seven hundred thousand now um so something to think about when the average price and maybe what you want uh what you've been thinking about for the last year might not be there yeah i i i always think in 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 my mind, as opposed to thinking anywhere else, uh, that an average house is either uh, a townhouse in one of the three major suburbs, so Orleans, Canada, or Barhaven, or a wartime bungalow in one of the original suburbs of, of the city. So sort of within the green belt, the, the 60 style uh, houses that are built. In my mind, that's about 
average. And so that's normally what you get for those average price houses. And then you have a question of, do I want to live in the suburbs and commute? Or do I want to live a little bit closer and give up uh, that new townhouse, new suburb feel and get into a house that might be a little bit older, but a little bit closer to the middle of the city. Um, so yeah, I, the other thing is the reason to buy now as opposed to waiting is exactly that prices. Prices are likely going to be going up. Uh, even though the interest rates are going up, the, the, you know, the winter market is typically the best market. Maybe summer is the second one, but typically the winter market is the best market that you can buy a house in. Uh, it won't take long for the spring market to take off here in Ottawa. And when it does, the average price of a home will, will shoot up. It, it, it does it every single year. The only year it didn't do it was two years ago, of course, because the entire market sort of took a bit of a break and didn't really know what it was doing in 2020. Um, but we don't need to talk about that. We just talk about what typically happens in the seasonality of, of the market in Ottawa. Yeah. And then afterwards of that, of what happened uh, when the pandemic started, I feel like we more than made up for it. Uh, and by made up for it, I just mean house prices went uh, crazy because a lot of people's thoughts and needs of what they wanted in their home changed. Um, and that brings us to the next one is your savings gap. And what we mean by that is year after year, houses are going up anywhere. I'm going to be conservative and say 15%. Let's just say hypothetically in the last four years, every year, 15%. Um, can you save 15% or more than what you already have to get uh, the house that you want? So like, oh, I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait. I'm like, okay, well now that's, that $500,000 house is $575,000. So can you save another $100,000 to make it worth it? Or do you just get it now while you can and and reap the benefits of that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, you, you, you haven't been able to outsave the market. Over the course of the last you know 60 years, the average increase, the average annual increase in real estate in Ottawa is 6%. But over the last four years, I mean, in, in 2019, we saw 9%. In 2020, uh, we saw, uh, you know, I think, sorry, 2020, we saw, whatever it was, 2020, we saw 20% or 19.9. And in 2021, we saw close to 25%. So, I mean, that's, that's huge growth rate year over year. I mean, we're talking more than a doubling over the course of three years. Now, 2020 was great because we also sold the most amount of houses that we've ever sold, over 20,000 properties. We've never sold more than 20,000 properties in one calendar year in Ottawa. So there's a lot of houses changing hands, which is great. But that gap, like Brendan alluded to, um, like you're saying, the, the savings gap is one thing for if you're buying your first home, but it's, it's even harder for a lot of the families that we're working with are both buying and selling. And so people get afraid, right? And they put it off and they put it off and they put it off. And the gap between how much um, your, your, your house is, uh, is, is worth and how much the house that you want to move into is worth is getting bigger as well. So if you have a townhouse in Barhaven and it's worth $600,000 and the house that you want to move into is a million dollars, if you wait for a year and, 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 and the prices go up by 20%, well, your million dollar townhouse is now worth 1.2 and your $600,000 townhouse has only gone up by uh what's the math on that i don't know what it is but it certainly has not gone up by two hundred thousand dollars it hasn't even gone up by a hundred thousand dollars so the gap between what you're 
first house has gone up by and what the house that you want to move into has gone up by that gap has gone up as well so it's it's waiting in an upward market is not going to help you that's right and i like that we're talking about this now on the podcast as opposed to uh with a client because it always seems very salesy when we're trying to say hey you should buy now you should buy now and anyone talking to a realtor is like well of course that's what you want because you just want your dollars it's like well no like this is what's best for you and at the end of the day that's what we try to do is do well by our clients so when we say like, hey, you should buy now, there's there's some merit behind that. Uh, and I mean, obviously this is going out to anybody who's interested in real estate. They're obviously watching this for a reason or listening to this for a reason. So uh, hopefully that helps you kind of understand that we're not just throwing a sales pitch to you. Um, but if you do want to buy now without spending more than you need to, then you would call us because that's how you do that. So the next one, <laughs> that's the sales pitch. The next one here too is um, there's no bubble bursting. Ain't no bubble bursting. Everyone's like, I'm going to wait for the bubble to burst. It's not going to happen. There's too many uh, people moving to Ottawa. There's not enough homes being built. And there's not enough homes on the market. And we already saw it in December. Normally, it doesn't start until later. December is usually a quiet month. But it was already, uh, you know, multiple offer scenarios across the board. And it's already picking up for this year for that bubble to just increase and increase and increase. Yeah, I think I don't think we should talk call it a bubble because I don't think it is a bubble, right? It's it's just yeah. this this is what's happening and and the, the the major factor that always plays into it to to break it down to its most rudimentary level is supply and demand. Well, the demand is as high as it's ever been as noted a minute ago when I said, "Hey, we sold more houses than we've ever sold." Okay, the expectation is that in 2022, we're going to sell more houses than we sold in 2021. So that the demand is there and it continues to go up and the supply is much lower. I mean, we're starting the year with less than a thousand houses for sale. Okay, um, at the peak of the market in 2021, we just had uh, 2,500 houses for sale. That was at the absolute peak of the market. The absorption rate is so low that we've got about a month's worth of inventory. So we cannot keep up with, with the demand in terms of the supply. So of course, whoever is in charge of developing new houses or uh, ensuring that we can get more inventory, more supply to the market, until something there changes, this is going to continue to be a, a hard thing. And a lot of our jobs as realtors, like Brennan was, like you were saying, Brennan, is you know we need to advise our clients accordingly. And as the market's going up, these are all great reasons why you need to buy now. Now, if the market was changing or if it was acting, we'd be having a different conversation, okay? But it isn't, and it's it doesn't look like it's going to change over the course of the next, I'd say, eighteen months to be safe. Um, you know, and, and whether the government slightly changes the interest rates, um, you know, it, it doesn't seem to really have much effect overall on uh, what the prices are going to do. And if the prices are going up, you want to be buying low. So our suggestion is buy three, four years ago. Yeah. Or right now. Wait, right. Well, that's the thing, too. I mean, Ottawa is kind of a unique city in that regard. More people own here than rent, which is an oddity for any capital city. I think we've talked about that before on this podcast. And I think it's just kind of now catching up. Um, the rest of 
Ottawa's catching up to the rest of Canada in the sense of like, hey, we're a million people in this city and prices are starting to reflect that. So the city's only going to keep growing with the LRT, whenever it is done, joke, joke, joke. Uh, those prices are going to help also make places more, uh, more valuable slash expensive, whatever you want to say. Um, so that's something to just keep in mind is that once these LRT stations are even built, trains operating or not, you know they're coming, people are going to be buying them up. So there's no, there's not even really a bubble. It's a biodome and that's what we live in. It's a poly shore is managing it. And <laughs> but it's, it's just not going anywhere. So like everyone keeps saying the bubble, but there's not, it's not, it's not happening. Maybe like Toronto had that bubble and it burst, but like, did it like it burst, but then it, it's still insane. So it's, uh, it's, it's weird when you hear people, it's, it's tough to talk people out of the fact that uh, there's a bubble when, when they believe that there's a bubble. Well, the, the neat thing is, is you can, you can look at uh, trends and charts and graphs. And I mean, I, we're not going to sh- share them here, but you can see in Toronto, what happened is they had, you know, fairly steady growth rate. And then they had a spike in, in, in average prices. And then they had a, a drop down and that spike, uh, was instantly corrected when the, um, I think it was the provincial government put a speculation tax in uh, specifically for Toronto and it had this instant effect in 2017. Um, But we're not in the same case, we're not in the same space in Canada. One of the reasons why we're so well protected is because the government has has put some checks and balances in place uh, that will stop us from getting to the point uh, similar to they had in the in the states in 2009. I don't know if you saw the movie The Big Short, um, but we these these qualification rates uh, are, are are in place to help uh, protect Canadians from the values of our properties dropping drastically. So you have to qualify at whatever it is, five, five and a quarter percent, even though the interest rate you're paying is actually less than 3%. That means that if, if, you know, if the rates go up, you're still uh, gonna be, each Canadian is still gonna be able to pay their mortgage on a regular basis. So all of these checks and balances are in place so that if um, things change drastically, we will still be uh, protected as Canadians, especially from what happened uh, in, in, in the States. I think that was a, a big change that the, that the government made, but the prices just keep going up. So buy now. <laughs> yeah. It's not going anywhere. Well, we are, we're going to take a little break. Uh, right now we are going to throw to a video that myself and Justin Ardo from our team did. And this was for a condominium on titanium and enjoy our pharmaceutical ad. I can become a homeowner. Because having a home I can call my own is important to me. Because taking 256B Titanium gives me the freedom to achieve my financial goals. Titanium is not a drug. 256B Titanium is a remarkable two-bedroom, two-bathroom plus loft condominium in Orleans. Just a stone's throw from Champlain exit off the Queensway, close to Plast Orleans Shopping Center, Parks, and OC Transpo Park and Ride. Titanium, while not a drug, is still an upper. An upper unit that may increase your dopamine levels as a result of living here. Do not take titanium if you have an aversion to amazing open concept living, gorgeous kitchens, or have yet to be pre-approved for a mortgage. 
Common side effects of owning this condominium include joy, relief, restfulness, and owning a home without having to do the exterior maintenance. Side effects of the primary bedroom may include increased heart rate when you see the walk-in closet, your private balcony perfect for morning coffees or evening nightcaps, or you know. Serious side effects may include a cool car in the summer and one you don't have to brush off in the winter due to underground parking. Do not take titanium if you plan on putting up live, laugh, love signs everywhere. To help lower my blood pressure, I took titanium and now I lead a confident, happy, healthy life. Talk to your realtor and see if 256B titanium is right for you. And until the next time, Starfire out. Welcome back, everybody. Hope you enjoyed that video. If you're having a good time, please don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. Uh, download us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and share it with your friends. Tell them about it if you're having a good time. Or just leave it on YouTube in the background and uh, we'll go from there. Maybe you can make that your New Year's resolution. Uh, and that's what we're talking about now, everybody. It's 2022. It's a new year. Maybe a new you? I don't know. We're going to talk about resolutions. Um, if you've made them, put them in the comments below. I want to see them. I want to see what your New Year's resolutions are. Uh, I have not made resolutions because I don't care for them. I don't. Uh, they're not my favorite. Sean, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on that? Hot take, Brandon McKeegan. Um, <laughs> I, I guess you know I, I see the value in them. Um, I have not had success in the past with making New Year's resolutions. Um, you know, I think a big one that most people tend to make is after the gluttony of the holidays, uh, <laughs> you know, I want to lose weight or I want to be in the gym more or whatever. Um, and, and I just feel like putting such a huge, like, this is my news resolution. I'm going to make this change and it's going to happen now. Is It's just, it's, it's hard to do. So I actually uh, don't focus so much on the New Year's resolutions as I do on my birthday. So my birthday is uh, November 12th. Uh, and I look at that as more being the, hey, every year something something changes. Um, and it puts me in a, in a neat kind of place where it's just far enough out from New Year's that if I'm if I want to make a change, uh, then I, 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 I try to anchor that to my birthday. And then that leads into like six months before, uh, six weeks before, sorry, uh, New Year's. <clears throat> and um, I don't know if it works so well, but it's certainly, it's <laughs> I'm, resolutions aren't great for me. It just seems hard uh, to, 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 to make that call. But you've done, you've done some work, man. You know, might not be New Year's resolution based, but it's, you know, a change in, in, your, in your life. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, I've also worked at a gym for three years. And I can tell you that that first week of January is madness. And that second week of January is insane. And that third week of January is crazy. And that fourth week of January is busy. And that first week of February is, oh, okay. And then it goes back to normal. Uh, it tapers off quick. Uh, <laughs> like, I, just, I don't know. I feel like you don't you shouldn't have to have a specific day 
if you want to make a impactful change in your life, a change, uh, one specific day is not going to do that. It's going to be when you feel the time is right for you. I don't think you can put that on yourself. Um, I hope that someone listening has had a new year's resolution that works. Uh, I think if I've, if I, if I do have one, it's going to be to get better at organizing my taxes because I am terrible for it. And I, and I mean that in that I'm probably paying way more than I should be because I'm just like, I, just, I don't know. Here are numbers. And then like, this is this is for you now. Uh, I used an accountant for the last two years and it's time to get myself um, all set up and ready to go. But that's more of like a just a business thing because it's January 1st, right? Like it just kind of makes sense for the year to do that. But that's because again, the time is right. That's not necessarily, I don't think a new year's resolution. Like if we started doing taxes in March 1st and that's when they calculated, then that's when I would be doing it. But that's pretty much it. I don't know. Uh, I, I've had one before where I was like, I'm going to write every day. Uh, I'm going to write and post an article or just article, some thoughts or whatever. And I'm going to post it on my website. And that was about three weeks because I didn't really feel like forcing the writing. Because uh, again, then you're just like, what am I putting out? I'm just putting stuff out for the sake of putting stuff out. There's another thing if you just want to write for yourself and just like, I'm going to write for, you know, a half hour today, or I'm going to write for at least 15 minutes every day just to get something going, then sure. But I don't want to produce something for the world to see every day and be like hey here's quality nonstop," because that's called days of our lives that is what soap operas do i don't even think i know other people who have really committed to uh new year's resolutions i think some people have like you know they, they take like the really small steps like you know what i'm not gonna have peanut butter this year like, well you're allergic obviously you're not gonna have <laughs> <laughs> this year like <laughs> what are you thinking what why was that like did, did something happen over christmas we we're like uh oh, man i don't i don't i can't afford these epi pens anymore <laughs> it's a really expensive christmas yeah I, i've 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 seen people who have successfully uh you know changed or amended their behavior um and from everything that I understand, which isn't a lot, uh, it has to do with, there's a really great book called Tiny Habits. And it has to do with changing little tiny habits that end up having a really great effect on your life. And I'm probably going to butcher this and not do it justice. But the, the writer of the book essentially um, said, hey, after I went, here's how I started it. After I went to the washroom, I would do two push-ups in the bathroom. That's it. Go for a pee, do two push-ups. The end. On the bathroom floor, gross, whatever who cares? But what happened is it, it slowly had this effect on his life where it was like, Hey, after I, you know, it wasn't even drink water. It was fill up a glass of water because what happens is if you have an empty glass of water, you're not going to be drinking water, but if you fill up your glass of water, you almost just naturally will drink that water. I filled this glass up and it's almost all finished. Now. The thing is, um, changing those little tiny things in your life will be essentially inconsequential in, 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 in what you're doing, but it might have a really great effect, um, you know, just by changing these, these tiny habits. Um, for, for me, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, we did our business development at the end of uh, 2021 and there were a few things that I wanted to change in my life. 
uh, some of, one of them was having more fun, uh, you know, and it's, and it's tough because I used to go out and do a whole bunch of really fun things, um, you know, with team sports and with, you know, playing with, I, I like playing, I like playing board games. I like playing stuff with teams. Uh, and I don't get to do that as much. And, you know, being father to young kids means that evenings are pretty much off the table, right? That's, that's, uh, dinner time, bath time, tuck in time, now I'm done. So it's, you know, 830 and I don't want to do anything except for sit on the couch and watch TV and eat bad food. So, you know, that's, that's the life that we're living. And so, you know, having more fun and, you know, uh, reconnecting uh, uh, with my partner as well as, um, you know, focusing on healthier living. And it's, it's hard to find that balance, man. Like work is full, especially working from home, you know? So it's, you know, what tiny habits can I put in place uh, so, so that, you know, what little thing can I do now that's going to have sort of this domino effect in the future? Um, and I don't know if I've really tied anything particularly to, hey, it's New Year's, so this is my drop dead date. And so I, the other thing I don't love about New Year's resolutions and I'm, maybe I'm feeling like I'm, I'm, I'm grandstanding here, so I'm sorry, is leading up to the New Year's resolution. Like if you make a New Year's resolution, you're like, I'm going to eat better. I feel like I eat like junk leading up to the New Year's resolution. I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm done now. So now I eat like a like a like a cow for two weeks leading up to it, knowing like, okay, well here's my here's my drop dead date, and then like three or four days later, I eat junk again, and I was like, oh well, whatever. But by setting that resolution, I messed up my first two weeks. Where if I just like, ah, I just want to, I'm not going to set a date. I just want to overall change, you know, how I'm eating. So. I don't know. It would probably be very healthy if you literally ate like a cow because they mainly eat grass and grains uh, that are good for them and uh, have every nutritional aspect that you need. So I would recommend to anybody eat like a cow if you want to lose weight. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. That's, uh, that's yeah. See, it's, 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 it's all about perspective. I think it's more about you know, for New Year's resolutions. I think if you can, if you want to make a New Year's resolution, make your New Year's resolution to get better at making habits for the year. Huh? Loophole. Now you can take the year to figure out, okay, how do I get into the habit of doing something? And if that means using the five, four, three, two, one method of like anytime, like you're having a tough time getting out of bed, well, don't, don't grab your phone when you wake up in the morning. Just get out of bed. Five, four, three, two, one, up. Go in the mirror. Uh, say hi to yourself. Um, there's an audio book that I just read, um, read, listen to, whatever you want to call it. But there's another one that's really great called Atomic Habits. Uh, that one is or was on sale at Chapters Indigo. Uh, it might still be. I don't know. Take a look at it. Uh, what was the other one that I was listening to? The High Five Habit by Mel Robbins is uh, really good. Yeah. That's what it is. You wake up and the first thing you do every morning is high five yourself in the mirror. And it's the dumbest, cheesiest thing ever. But you're like, yeah, good work. Uh, <laughs> like You didn't really do anything, but it's just it. I'm paraphrasing, obviously, but it's more just about getting yourself into those good habits that create the change that you want to see instead of just saying, oh, well, now that I'm super hungover, you know, it'd be great. I'm going to go work out. Because that's not going to happen. It's not the most realistic thing in the world. But I'm going to recommend the two books for you. Those are called The High Five Habit and Atomic Habits. And those are both great books that I think are going to help you 
achieve the habit forming process so that you can get what you want to do. Uh, I myself decided that I was going to take it upon myself. I got a dietitian, and that's something that I was getting back in the habit of, of working out on a regular basis and eating well and eating the right foods. I've never been good at the calorie counting stuff. So it was more just about changing my eating habits and creating that for long-term sustainability, as opposed to just doing a crash diet where all you do is eat like a cow for two weeks and then you go right back to the junk food. That's my take on it. Uh, get your get your habits in place. That's that's if anything, I would say make your resolution. Maybe I make that my resolution is just to get better and better at creating habits. And then I can choose what those habits are going to be later. I like it. I, like huh? it. Yeah, I think that I think that's I think that's a really great loophole. And it's not just a great loophole. It also uh, seems to sort of address, uh, you know, it has the potential to address everything really. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's, that's, the, I think the, the, the high five yourself in the mirror is about, uh, you know, po- positive reinforcement and, and positive self-talk and that's all, that's all good stuff, you know? So. Yeah. 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 And I mean, like take it for what it's worth. Not every book is going to have something in there that you're going to read and apply to your life, but I don't know. I just, uh, I liked Mel Robbins. It's her cadence and her tone and the way that she talks and stuff like that. It was, it was good. I, it was a good, it was a good listen. And so it was atomic habits. So pick up, pick out some of those ones. Um, and that will be a good time for you. So I think we're going to wrap it up because my resolution is to keep this podcast under 30 minutes. So we're almost there. <laughs> it's probably going to be a little bit longer, but that's okay. Uh, again, if you guys have liked the program so far, uh, like, subscribe, share on the YouTubes, and then download us, share us, tell your friends about us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We are going to check out right now. My name is Brendan McKeegan, and up here is I'm Sean Tassam. Oh, he's over here or there. Yeah, who knows? Who knows where I am? I'm everywhere. <laughs> it's like us. That's right. All right. We are going to be back next time, and until then, keep it real, collective. Yeah.